we are talking about the temple of God and this in, as a series this is part number five on the temple of God now we have to do some talking because we want to we want to get you caught up second uh, Corinthians said you are the temple of the living God now I'm, I'm there because I'm showing you where God brought us to. As a matter of fact, when the Bible said a new covenant, he's talking about where we came to. Because before in the old covenant, you was not the temple. So I'm going to eventually talk on that, but that's not who you, that's who we are now. See, when the Bible says you are the temple of the living God, that's not who we were beginning. That's not who we were in the beginning. God started out living in the temple of Adam. But God could not live in man anymore and could not live with man anymore because of what man had done for us eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Christ had to come. And with his precious blood, he had to sanctify the temple. Now, we're going to show you some of that because that is exactly what God was doing when he came into his ministry. He was showing us what he was doing, cleansing the temple. And he was cleansing the temple because that was called his house. But the Bible called it my father's house. So you have to understand that his whole purpose, I can't express this enough, his whole purpose was to live in man. That was his desire from the beginning. So that's why he had Old Testament types and Old Testament shadows. So what I want to do today, I want to go to the, the subject, and that's going to be found in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to begin to look at verse 22. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22. Now he gave a good illustration to the, to the Hebrews because they understood this in the Old Covenant. Hebrew chapter 12, Paul had just finished telling the Hebrews about the Mount Sinai. And then he's going to go into Hebrew chapter 12 and verse number 25, uh, verse number 22, I'm sorry. But you are come, if you notice, it didn't say you're coming, but you are come to Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion was the place where Jerusalem was built on the mountain, Mount Zion. That same mountain was called Mount Moriah. It was the place, same place that Abraham had offered up Isaac. Isn't that something that way back there, God already planned to build his church on the same mountain. He says, you are come to Mount Zion. He's going to name some of the mountains. And then he's going to say to the city 
of the living God. Then he told you what the city is. The heavenly city that we already talked about, we talked about the heavenly city when we talked about Revelation chapter 21, and we showed you that the heavenly city is called New Jerusalem. We showed you that. We maybe you'll look at that again. And then it said, unto a numerable company of angels. See, we need to grasp this because if we can grasp the temple and what is always around the temple and about the temple, then you will know what's always about you. Innumerable company of angels. That's where they had come. They had come to the city of the living God, heaven of Jerusalem, innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. Remember, they, they were written in heaven. Remember, Moses talked about writing my name in your book. They were written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all the earth, and the spirits of just men made perfect. And then it says, you are come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better thing than that of Abel. Now, remember Abel's blood cried vengeance, and it was God's son's blood cried forgiveness. All right, now what I want to do today, I want to give you my supper. We're going to be talking about heaven, God's dwelling place. Heaven, God's dwelling place. The word dwell means to live. Heaven, where God lives. Heaven means to abide as a residence. Now, it's an awesome thing to know that God lives in heaven. And 99% of people go to church don't know where God is today. And they wonder why they can't get a prayer through. It's something praying to God, you don't even know where he lives. We still don't want to accept that God is not somewhere up there, over there, somewhere. We don't understand heaven. So I'm going to take my time today and I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk on this. Heaven is God's dwelling place. Now, I did not say there's not a heaven in the spirit realm, but it's not up there somewhere. It's in the spirit realm. And it's not just after you get so far. The spirit realm is the invisible realm. You can't see it, but this place has angels. Because we are the body of Christ. And there are always going to be angels around us. It has to be. See, if I, could, if I could show you, and I can show you that angels was with Israel to protect them, to take care of them. How much more the body of Christ? The Bible said we have a better covenant. So, so let's look at some things. And we want to see. Now, I want to, those who did not hear the message, the first two messages. We are talking about the temple of God. I've already talked on two different teachings 
uh, four tapes already. I talked about God created the heaven and the earth. That's Genesis 1 and 1. See, that's how we started this thing out. But when the Bible said God created the heaven and earth, he was not talking about the star of the moon up there, what you're looking at. The Bible is not about God creating the stars in the heaven, and the, that's not what the Bible is about. The Bible is about Genesis 1 and 1. I'm going to put it on the screen for our audience. God created the heaven. And if you notice, if you look at the word heaven, we'll show it to you on the screen. Genesis 1 and 1. If you look at the word heaven, it has a small h. Now, I'm going to have a student. I, I want to bother my wife today, a birthday today, so I give her a break. But I want you to find me where it says heaven capitalized. So you have to understand when God said God created the heaven, small h, and the earth, small e. Genesis 1 and 8. All right. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 8. We'll, just, we'll show you that. You can, and he called the firmament heaven. All right. That's different from Genesis 1 and 1. All right. But let's, I just want you to have some kind of understanding. All right. Now, when God created the heaven and earth, I taught on that already. And I took you to Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Isaiah 65. Let's just kind of recap a little bit, because I don't want to spend a lot of time here, because I showed you, first of all, God created the heaven and earth, and then God destroyed the heaven and earth. Now, you got people right now have grasped from people who don't know the Bible and telling you Jesus is still coming. You know, that was some time ago where I told you that we was not going to tithe no more. Because we can't tithe. Tithing is under the law. So the only way you can tithe, you got to get under the law. So more and more, you're going to hear more and more things that I've already done. Now, I already can tell them in ahead of time, you're going to lose some folk. Because folks will walk away from you when you tell them we can't pay no tithe. They don't pay no tithe, no way. <laughs> But they're going to leave you because you tell them they can't pay no tithe. <laughs> tithe on the law, you had to give 10% of everything you had. And you had to give it at Jerusalem. I'm just going to show you some things in the Word. You don't mind about taking a seat. I love this seat here. All right. Now, also, washing in, in water. And I showed you in the word that had nothing to do with your salvation. But see, we've been taught from a system that was here already when we got here, a religious system. That's all I can say. I won't tell you the name of it, but you already know who specializes in water baptism. And that's how the churches got it. That's how I got it. And I found out that it was wrong, then I had to change it. So I, I had to change water baptism. I had to change tithing because God showed it. It's called cheerful giving. 
See, if you, if you had, if you supposed to tithe and you did not tithe under the law, that was a consequence. <laughs> Praise God. And you can't put the people in that bondage. But when you're a cheerful giver, you give according as God has blessed you. Now, there is a giving in worship. As a matter of fact, I don't believe people are worshiping God if they still never give. And there are people who go to church all their life. They never give a dime. But they say they worship God. You give to God also in your worship. We'll get to that later. That don't mean you have to, you give according as the Lord has blessed you. All right, we'll see that. Now, when I gave you, let's go to Isaiah uh, uh, 65. We're giving them a chance to, to catch up back there. Isaiah chapter 65, and we're going to look at verse 17. Now, I told you last week, if you want to find out what I'm saying is true, just take the word create and write it down and get a concordance, a concordance and then look at the word create. You're not going to find anything that God created but the heaven and the earth. Everything else came out. Of course, he created the thing that was in the earth. He created the thing that was in the heaven. But those things were spiritual. Okay, Genesis chapter 1 is creation. It's not manifestation, it's creation. So that's why you have the last book of the Bible is called what? Revelation. You should have got that one. But anyway, you got creation in the first book. And then in the middle of the Bible, you have manifestation. Then in the last book, you have revelation. That's why when you come into the new covenant of the Paul ministry, you have the revelation of. Everything has been revealed now. All right, Isaiah chapter 65. You ought to be there by now. All right, in verse number 17, it says, For behold, I create new heavens. See the small h? I create new heavens and a new earth. For the first the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem. Now he's going to tell you what he created. That's what Jerusalem was called was heaven. A rejoice in her people, which is the earth, a joy. And I rejoice in Jerusalem and I joy in my people. See, now let's go to Isaiah. I'm not, I know there are other ones, but I want to just show you two. Isaiah 43 and 1. Isaiah 43 and 1 told you also what did God create. Isaiah 43 and 1. See, it's all through Isaiah. Isaiah got 42 and verse 5 through 9. All these things. Let's, we're just going to look at Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now... Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. Now we know that's Israel. And he that formed thee, watch this, O Israel. Fear thou not, I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name. And then in verse number 7 we gave you, everyone that is called by my name, Isaiah 43 and 7, I have created him, see, for my, my glory. I have formed, yea, I have made him. In Isaiah 43 and verse 15, just one verse, I am the Lord, the Holy One, the creator of Israel. So he told you he created the heaven and earth, which is Jerusalem. The heaven is Jerusalem, and the earth is Israel. All right, so he told you what he created. 
All right, now what I want to do now, I want to, I want to go to some things today because I want to show you when the Bible says heaven. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 6. See, that's why you have to re, your mind has to be renewed. That's what first thing when Jesus came and he used the word repent. That's what he was talking about. They got to change their mind. You got to change the way you're thinking. You can't, you can't think like an Old Testament believer. You got to have the revelation of what they said. So they knew, but I believe the Jews knew what Jesus was saying in this verse. Matthew chapter 6, but I don't think many people of today know. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, when we get there, he says, After this manner, therefore, Matthew chapter 6, we're still in the King James. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Well, if he's going to tell them how to pray, then you're going to have to find out what he's talking about. After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father which are in heaven. Now, when you heard Our Father which is in heaven, automatically you were looking up at the sky. Because we've been taught that God lives up there somewhere. Because see, that was not God's plan. God created Adam on the earth so he can live in Adam. And the rule and reign over his dominion and kingdom in the earth. That's why he said, if you look at it, he says, which are in heaven. Our Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All right. Now, I'm not going to read no more of that. But I just want to show you. When God says, you pray, pray our Father which are in heaven. Now let's go to the Gospel of St. John. So when you look at the Word of God, you, when you study the Word of God, you can understand the Word of God. The Gospel of St. John, uh, chapter 14. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 14. We're going to start verse number 1. In John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Now, he's talking to the Jewish believer. He said to his 12 disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because he had told them he was leaving. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Watch what he says. In my father's house. Now, you have to say, Jesus knew what he's talking about. Because he knew where the father's house and who is the father's house. See, now, you, you know now what I'm talking about when Jesus wrote this and talked to his disciples. They didn't know what he was talking about. At that time, he was talking about Jerusalem. He was talking about the temple in Jerusalem. And also, he's talking about Christ as a fulfillment. So watch that, how it unfolds. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare, watch this, a place. Now, we're going to see this place. I go to prepare a place for you. And then if I go to prepare a place, once again, a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am. Not where I'm going. Where I am. I want you to be with me where I am. Now, let's skip down in verse number 10. The same chapter. Where I am. Verse 10 says, Believe thou not that I'm in the Father. Can you see? He told you where I am. I'm in the Father. And the Father in me. Now, I don't want to forget that because Jesus came in the Father's name. They supposed to have known him 
because they should have known who he is. We should know who he is today. He says, I am, I am come in my father's name. Watch what he said. We'll see that later in Matthew or John 5, 43. He said, believe it thou not that I'm in the father and the father in me. The word that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the father, watch this, that dwelleth in me. So if the father dwells in the son, then heaven is God's house, his dwelling place. Is that right? This is not hard. Like the woman said, this is not complicated. So if you understand that, you understand when I get to you. See, I'm not, I haven't taught on you yet. Watch what it said. Believe it. Verse 10, once again. Believe it thou not, I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The word that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but I speak of the Father that dwelleth in me. The Father dwells in the Son. He, he, he doeth the works. Then in verse 11, it says, believe me that I'm in the Father. They leave, he's, he's, he's looking at these guys and said, look, can't, look, believe me, I'm in the Father. They're looking at him and says, man, you're standing right here before us. That's what people are doing today. But you can't believe the Bible unless you got the Spirit. Let me say it again. You cannot believe the Bible unless you have the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happened with a lot of people. They're like, I still can't see that past come. No, because you can't see without the Spirit. And verse number 11, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. All right, now, that's John. Now let's go and show you where Jesus, where the Father is. He just told you right there, right? Now let's go and show you Paul. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. See, we, we read the Bible, but you got to know this stuff. I'm going to go to some other thing. We're going to go to the Gospel, John chapter 4. After this, we're going to start verse 26. 2 Corinthians 5, we want to go look at in verse 17. Let's start all the way to verse 14. I like to read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Now, you got to understand something. Christ died for all men. Say that with me. Christ died for all men. So that means that God saved all men in Christ. Isn't that right? But all men are not saved. Because they have to do something. They have to, number one, hear the word preached. Now, you got to hear me real good now. But he's not talking, because you turn on, on, on YouTube and Facebook and all, you see everybody got their own thing going now. But you can't get a person saved if you don't have the spirit yourself. You must have the, you want to write these down, because this is going to be some good stuff. You got to have the spirit of truth, and you got to know the word of truth before you can get somebody saved. Let me say it again. You got to have the spirit of truth in you and the word of truth in you. Both. Because you preach the word of truth, but you have to have the spirit of truth to bring the word of truth to manifestation. It's no different 
I give you always, I always give you this because I'm, I'm from the country, from the plantation. And I know about a donkey and a horse and a mule. And you can't, a donkey, a, a mule, I'm sorry, a mule is sterile. Now what makes a mule sterile? He is a product of a horse and a donkey. Now, some of this stuff y'all should have, if you all remember it, one or the other. Amen. If you're at this church, I, I use examples, and that's one of them. A horse and a mule produced, a, a, I'm sorry, a horse and a donkey produced a mule. But once they did, the mule is sterile. Now, you everybody know what sterile is now, right? Amen. All right, now, if you're young, you don't know that, that means they cannot reproduce after they can. It's just like it is with a pastor without the spirit. Now, I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about the spirit of truth. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit living inside of you with the grace of God up on your life. And you have the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the word of truth. You can't have one without the other. You understand what I mean? All right. So that's why Paul gave us Galatians chapter 1. You can write this down. Maybe we'll go to that. You can write it down. And we'll talk about, we'll go, let's put Galatians chapter 1. We'll go to Paul's testimony. Okay, I don't want to take you away from where you are right now. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll start reading with verse 14 right now. How, how many remembering what I'm saying? All right. So I can't get you saved unless I have the spirit of truth and the word of truth. There are, everybody already got that? Now, why is that so important? If you can understand natural things, you can understand spiritual things. If I am sterile as a man, I cannot have a baby. Don't take too much of y'all to figure this out now. You, some of y'all already grown, got kids. How many see what I'm saying? Amen. It's no different than ministry. Because I must preach the word. You remember Jesus told Nicodemus how you're born of the spirit? You're born of the word and you're born of the spirit. But he used the word water. The, water, the, water, the word, the water and the spirit. You're born of both. Everybody understand me now? All right. It takes the spirit to bring forth the word, the life that's in the word. So I have to understand as a man, I must be, I must have the seed. But because I have the seed by myself, I still can't have no child. I must have a second part of this puzzle which is to my wife, and now we together can, she has the power to bring the seed to pass. Everybody understand me so far here? It's not hard if you ever had children. You got to know what the, woman, what the woman did. The woman is the incubator. She has the power, her body has the power to take the seed from the man and the incubator and produce, bring that seed to fruition. 
her body has that, right? So it's like it is with the seed, the word of God, and the spirit. It's just that way with the ground and the seed. If I put a seed in the ground, the seed must be watered and it must have light before that seed is going to come forth. That seed can die and lay in that ground until that sun come out, it'll bring that seed up. How many know what I'm saying? So you got to have a combination of things. Now that's how it is with the word. And what people are doing is they are telling people they're saved and they don't have the spirit. You don't have the spirit. When I say the spirit, I'm talking about the, the spirit of the truth now. See, there's a spirit of error. See, 1 John 4 told you there's a spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I'm talking about the spirit of truth. That means you have the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know the, you know the gospel of Christ. So because of that, you know how to preach Christ crucified. You understand how to preach the word of God. I'm talking about to get people saved. Because first of all, I'm showing you here that Christ already died for all men, but all men are not saved. Why? Because only the gospel of Christ is the power of God under salvation. Why? Because it's the seed. So I must have the spirit in me when I preach the word, the seed, and the person who wants to be saved must believe it. Ain't that right? It has to happen that way or it's not going to happen. So all this other stuff I'm trying to do to make it, that don't get it. See, I can pray in the spirit, I can shun die, I can prophesy, that's not going to make it happen. All you got to do is lay down and go to bed and sleep. If you, if you got the seed, she brings for the seed, you didn't shun die, you didn't do nothing. You just had sex and they got you pregnant. Nobody prayed in tongues, none of that stuff happened. You understand what I mean? You just have to have the seed, got to have the spirit. Everybody understand? All, all the other stuff is just reactions. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. It said, the love of Christ constraineth us. That word constrain means control. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, we all dead. Now you have to understand, man is, one man died, he looked at all men as, as dead. Talking about dead to sin now. And that he died for all, and they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. See, he left that, left that realm. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Because once Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead, we left the natural realm. Do you understand? I said, we, we left the natural realm. When Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he put man in the natural realm. You understand? Man in Genesis, when Adam was created, he was not created in the natural realm. Adam didn't even know he was naked. But once he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he fell to the natural realm. He fell from grace. You understand? Grace is the spirit realm. So Christ came, died, buried, and raised again from the dead, put us back into the grace of God. But yet you are not saved for as having a spirit yet. He did his work. So if I do not have the revelation of that and do not preach that, you still can't be saved. 
Although God saved every man. And that's what people say. Well, you know, God already saved. He did. He died for all men. But yet all men are not saved. Because all men do not have the spirit. Christ qualified you. He made you righteous again. So you can't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm sorry. So you can't eat of the tree of life. How many, how many got it? So what did God do? He made you righteous again, so he qualified you, so you can't eat of the tree of life. Go back to Adam. What did he do to Adam? He created Adam in his image after his own likeness, so Adam had a choice. He could walk down there and eat of the tree of life and live forever. But he didn't do it. He ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he fell from grace into flesh. So he had to wait till the man come back from heaven and redeem his soul from hell, take him out of the flesh, put him back in the spirit so he can be like he was in the beginning. Now he can take of the tree of life. And that's what God did. He put everybody on the same playing field. That means you have a choice to take now of the tree of life and live forever. But you got to find the man with the word of the spirit and the soul. You got to find a man with the spirit of truth and the word of truth. Which is called the tree of life. And because of that, you would now find the tree of life. Everybody understand? Amen. All right. All right. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is what God done. And all things of God, watch what it says, who has, past tense, he reconciled. My wife is going to really do a wonderful work on this, so I got to get out of here. He has reconciled us to God by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. This is what Paul telling them. Here it is, to, wit or to witness. Here it is, that God was in Christ. My point is, if he was in Christ, where is he today? See, most people say, oh, up there, over there, somewhere. We say God was in Christ. Look what Paul says, God was in Christ. What was he in Christ doing? Reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, Paul says. All right, so God was in Christ. Well, we got to find out where he is now. Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. So if he was in Christ, that's why if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're not his. Because God cannot live in you if you do not have the spirit of Christ. Everybody understand that? All right, we get, we get it. Now go to the Gospel of St. John chapter 4 and let's go to work. See, that's why you don't, you know, you got people that need to be saved, but the problem is we got to have people got to know the word, not just know the word, but they got to have the spirit of truth and they got to have the word of truth to get them saved. So they talk to them about everything else. That, that's why I tell you, when people come up here, they, they've been in this service, you ask them, 
did you hear? My wife said the same thing. Every time she come out here, did you hear the word? Did you receive the word? Because that's what you got to do. To be saved, you got to hear the word. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God preached. All right, so when the word of God is preached, you heard the word. Now do you believe the word? Because when you believe the word, you receive it. And when that happened, God birthed the Christ in you. You have to give the spirit of God a reason to come to your heart. All right, John chapter 4, we're getting there. In the gospel of John chapter 4, Jesus meet this woman at the well. So we're going to go down to verse number, what did I say, 26? All right, let's go there. John chapter 4. Well, I'm going to have to start at verse number 19, I'm sorry. And I'm going to go down to 26. John 19, 4, 19. Are you there? All right, here we go. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our father worshipped. Watch what she said here. Our father worshiped in this mountain. Now, she was talking about, if you're taking notes, Mount Gerizim. That's what a Samaritan worship at, Mount Gerizim. Just G-E-R-I-Z-I-M. That's where the Samaritan worshiped God in Mount because they were separate. The Jews didn't accept them. All right. But he says, our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say, Jesus, you say, in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now, first of all, did he say that? Yes. They had to worship in Jerusalem. They couldn't worship anywhere. They had to worship in Jerusalem, and let me show you why, because that's the place God would put his name. Let's look at First uh, uh, King 9. Write these down, and then I, I'll let you use my notes. First King 9, 1 through 3. And then we're going to go to Second Chronicles chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 17, 18, 23, 25, 27 and 30. We may not look at all of those. I really only need verse 30. So we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 6, 17, 18, then we'll skip to verse 30. Forget the rest of it. Because Jesus says something to her. She said, our fathers worship in this mountain, but you say, and he did, they would only the worship in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. The temple in Jerusalem was a type of heaven itself. The temple in Jerusalem was a type of heaven itself. So I'm going to show you what when Solomon prayed, they had to pray if they was not near Jerusalem, they had to pray toward Jerusalem. So when Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father which are in heaven, he was talking about Jerusalem. He was not talking about up in there. Anybody hear what I'm saying? All right. Now, let's go to verse number... Uh, let me just show you 1 King. Let's just go to the... 1 King, 
chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. First king. So you have to understand the word of God. I always like to say this. If you don't know the old, you don't know the new. You got to know the older, you'll be able to know the new. And that's why I want to be your teacher. First King chapter 9 and verse 1 through 3. We're in the King James Version. Verse 1 says, and it came to pass when Solomon had finished, finished what? Building the house of the Lord and the king's house. All Solomon desired which he had was pleased to do. And the Lord appealed to Solomon the second time and he had appealed to him at Gibeon. Watch what they're going to say in verse 3. And the Lord said to Samuel, I mean, uh, Solomon, I'm sorry, I have heard thy prayer and supplication that thou hast made before me. We're going to look at that a little later on, his prayer. I have hollered this house. Now, what hollered means sanctified it or made it holy, which thou hast built. Watch this. To put my name there forever. Otherwise, this will be the house of the Lord. Forever. When he said forever, he only talked about under that covenant. That forever ended at the cross. And my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. So if this is God's house, his eyes and his heart is here perpetually. So you should hear that about yourself now. If you're God's house. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, let's look at 2 Chronicles 16, 9. I told you we're going somewhere else. Did I give you a verse? Let's go to 2 Chronicles 16, 9 while you figure it out. I always like to say it about people. They'll figure it out. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The only thing I can do is give you my notes, and then I wait for my notes back. I reckon you give them to me soon. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Watch what God said about his eyes. Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord runneth to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards God. Otherwise, if you God's house, his eyes on you. He sees everything you do. As a matter of fact, he lives in the house. But I'm going to show you a whole lot more. Now, where else I told you to write down for me? I'm trying to hear Chronicles what? Second Chronicles chapter 6 first. Right. All right. I got the numbers, but I just wanted to hear, the, hear what it was. Second Chronicles chapter 6. I'll let you use my notes. Second Chronicles chapter 6. And this is Solomon. Second Chronicles chapter 6. This is a part of his prayer. In verse 17. Now then, Second Chronicles chapter 6 verse 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now then, O Lord, God of Israel, let thy word be verified which thou hast spoken to our servant David. But would God in very deed dwell with men on the earth? Wait a minute. God going to dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven, what's how humongous our God is. Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain God. And yet he lives in me. 
Behold, heaven and the heaven of heaven cannot contain him. How much less this house which I have built. Now, let's go down to verse number 23. So we're going to just skip the, I'm going to give them to you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to read them. You can read it yourself. You can read verse 23 yourself. You can read verse 25 yourself. And then you can read verse 27. I'm going to go to verse 30. Now those you can read, I'm giving it to you for the tape. So when you go back to study, you can do that. But in verse 30, watch what it says. Then hear thou from heaven. I want you to hear the, read the next part with me. Thy dwelling place. I want you to read the next part. Have you, have you followed me? All right. Second uh, uh, Chronicles 6 and 30. Read that with me. Then hear thou from heaven thy... So heaven is God's dwelling place. That's my message. Now remember what I'm saying to you. Heaven is God's dwelling place. If God lives there, it's called what? You got to get this because too many people is trying to go to heaven. Mm -mm -mm. You got too many folks trying to go to heaven. You want to go to heaven? You don't even know where you're at. And the Bible plainly told you we sit together in heavenly places in Christ. And yet folks are still talking about they going to heaven. Soon somebody died. They're going to tell you, well, I think she made her transition. Should have been made your transition. See, the thing about it is you don't know what heaven is. You're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing right now is making sure your soul is resting in heaven. So when your body dies, you will already be in heaven. Instead of waiting for your die to go to heaven, they went to heaven this morning. Now you about to go to heaven now. How many understand what I'm saying? Now, let, let's keep going. Verse 30. Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive. Render to every man according to his, that's the Old Testament, unto his way. Old, Old Testament and Old Testament, you got everything according to your ways. All right. So we were reading to you the Gospel of John chapter number four. And let's, let, did I give you anything else first? I gave you Galatians one. Okay, let's, let's do that. Then I go back to John chapter 4. In Galatians chapter 1, I told you to tell me that you should have that mark in the Bible. That's why I thought you would tell me where I'm going to start. If you've been on this ministry a long time, I, I'm not a person to, to do a lot of stuff. I try to get over what I, I try to teach you as much as I can. If you can get all of that, but you have to mark your Bible. You can just about know where I'm going. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. You just about know where I'm going. Because Paul is talking about the Christ in him. See, if God never revealed his son in you, he never revealed his son to you, how are you going to preach it? God revealed him in you first. And I always like to say to people this. I learned one thing from Noah. If your ministry is real, then you ought to be able to get your house saved. Let me say it again. If what you preach it is real, why did it don't save your house? 
See, that's what I learned from Noah. That's why when I started out in ministry, my wife and I tell you, we didn't have nobody. We had three, five people, three of them left. And we had, my, all we had was the front row. My wife, my children was my audience. And that's why I said to the Lord, if this ministry is real, if what I'm preaching is real, then my family will be saved. Well, that is 37 years ago, and my children are still in church. I'm not telling you what I think. You a witness. That's how you got to go by. If, if what you preach is real, then preach it to your children first. Preach it to your woman, your wife, your, 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 your household. So you got you to think that way. Because there's no need to get everybody else house saved and your house ain't saved. It's just like trying to get that man saved, your husband ain't saved. You're trying to get that man wife saved, your wife ain't saved. Y'all do, y'all, y'all hear me though, don't you? Fine. Let me let that alone. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. You shall know the truth. That's just how I look at things. If this thing, if this, if this gospel I'm preaching is work, it'll work for me. Else I have a problem understanding what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm talking about as a pastor of the church. You understand what I mean, right? Okay. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. But I certify you, brothers, this is Paul credentials, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. See, he's trying to let the people know what I'm preaching. Is, I didn't get this from man. I need to receive it of man. Neither was I taught it. But I, I got this by the Holy Ghost. By the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost gave me the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. How they beyond measure. I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. So you already know me. And I profited, he says. In the Jews' religion, I used to be in religion. And I profited above many of my equal in my own nation. I was more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. And see, I, I understand that because I, I mean, I was, I was committed to water baptism. We used to go baptize out in the park and, uh, matter of fact, baptize in the water. Some of y'all remember that you was here, we baptized in the park. Baptized out in the lake. People got up with sand everywhere. How many remember that? Man, I'm going like, we got to get something else. There's too much sand on these people. Everybody got up sand all over. But we did it all. I mean, we baptized all these different places. I mean, at the church we came from, we, had a, we didn't have a pool. Uh, we, had a, we had to make us a pool in the, in the overflow room, and we, we had to make sure that people don't fall over when they get up. To, I mean, we, we would, I was committed to what I was doing. But when I learned to do better, matter of fact, this pool we got back here, automatic, just cut the thing, da 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 da, da. Go home and heat up yourself. Fill it with water automatically. Can't use it no more. Because when God shows you that's not right, 
You just can't go do it because we pay for this. When God tell you that's the law, he means that's the law. Leave it alone. All right. Now watch what Paul says. And that, that's tradition, religion to men. And people don't understand because it makes the word of God not in effect. If you cannot keep tradition and the word of God, you cannot do both together. But verse 15 is where I want to get to. But when it pleased God, there it is. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb. He's talking about Israel now. That's what his mother, Israel. When he, when he separated, you got to be separated from your mother's womb. That's why so many people can't preach the gospel of grace. They don't want to leave religion. You cannot hold on to your denomination and preach the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace. You can't do it. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Watch what happened to him. Why did he call you by his grace, Paul? To reveal his son, watch this, in me. See, Paul had to realize that Christ lived in me. You can't preach a Christ that's not in you. The Spirit would not give you a manifestation. You must have Christ in you. The seed must be in you and the Spirit must be in you. So when you preach Christ, the Spirit and the Word will bring life in somebody here. To reveal His Son in me that I may preach Him among the heathen. Paul said immediately, I confer it not with flesh and blood. So you have to understand what Paul went through. Look at, look at Acts chapter 17. So that's why Paul could go anywhere and preach. Here he was preaching at Athens. See, when you preach, you've got to understand, you've got to know what you're talking about. If you, if you don't know what you're talking about, if you don't have the spirit of truth and the word of truth, you can't convince the person. You can't convince them. See, if you really got the power, the word of God, it will destroy the thing that they are believing in their heart. Acts chapter 17, verse number 22. And Paul stood in the midst of Mars here. Now, he wasn't even headed to Athens. He just happened to be there. And the Bible said, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, you men of Athens, I perceive. Now you think about it. He know nothing about these people. They don't know nothing about him. So Paul stopped and took a sermon. You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Do you imagine how people are trembling right now when you said that? Who do you think you are? Paul said, I passed by and beheld your devotions. And I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. If you don't know him, then that means you are ignorantly worshiping him. Him I hear to declare unto you. Then he's going to say here in verse number 20, 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing he is Lord, watch this, of heaven and earth. He's Lord of heaven and earth. He's talking about Jerusalem. 
He dwelleth not. Now watch what Paul, because Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He knew what God was. He dwelleth not in temples made with hands. And yet people are here today will tell you they're waiting for Jesus to come. They don't finish telling you, but they're waiting on Jesus to come back to Jerusalem. And what they going to, what, they, what would they tell you? If you go back and Google it yourself, they'll say the only thing keeping him from coming right now is we got to get that temple built. As a matter of fact, we got to get the people back to Israel. I'm telling you, that's, you listen, you'd be surprised how much stuff out there. They was taking up money to fly people in 20 20 something all for years. Wherever they can find some Jews at. They don't have to be Jews just as long as they city from Israel. They'll get money and fly them back to Israel so we can get enough people. Because they ain't got they don't have enough people, first of all. And then they don't have a temple. So they gotta raise the money so they can build a temple. And the place they want to build the temple, they already got some there. That they have no idea of how they're going to move. See, all this stuff to try to get you persuaded to believe like they believe. Listen, it was the Lord who told the temple down. As a matter of fact, he already told them that he's going to destroy that temple. He had to destroy that temple, and if he never destroyed that temple, he could never have built you. You could never have built a new temple if the old temple had not been destroyed. So I thank God it was destroyed. See, I don't know about you, but I thank God. I thank God it was destroyed. Because if God never tore down the temple in Jerusalem, you could never have been built. That ought to let you know something. You, you can Google on your phone. You don't have to just hear me. You can Google on your phone. When was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? And then you can turn around and see the whole movie when Rome came in from all different ways, the destruction of Jerusalem. Watch it on your own podcast. And you will see for yourself. Jerusalem has been destroyed. And the temple that was in Jerusalem has been destroyed. That's why Jesus said, you not, in John chapter 4, and I'm closing, you're not going to worship in this mountain or you're not going to worship in any mountain. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is looking for now true worshipers. Not folks just want to wait till they get to a temple and fall on their knees and faces and raise their hand. Listen, right here in chapter 17 in Acts, in verse, the next verse says, he not even worship with men's hands. See, I always think when I was in church, man, I, I, I just thought I just didn't have it. I thought worshiping with your heart was not enough. Because if you didn't raise your hand, and I always used to see people and I always like, maybe there's something wrong with me. 
Because every now and then I would see them and sit in the church and the preacher would say something, they'd go, and I'd be like, man, why, why I don't get that? And then you have some say, and then they say they worship And then I found out the Bible says that, that God does, let me look at this. It got to be an area. No, it ain't no area. Acts chapter 17 and verse number, he, he doesn't, he doesn't dwell in temples made with a hand. In verse 25, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he need anything. See, he give it to all life and breath and all things. No, you don't worship him. We're going to show you. You don't worship him with your hands. People think I just stick my hand up and, and I worship him. No, 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 no. I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 12 next service. Because if you're not living for Christ, you're not worshiping him. The only way you can live for Christ, the only way you can worship him, you got to sacrifice. See, it's a sacrifice. Living for Christ is a sacrifice. All the stuff out here that folk are doing telling you to come on. Come on out here. I mean, they going all kind of ways now. I mean, they. And you think you're missing something. All that stuff we did. That ain't no, that, that ain't no good. It's flesh. Entertainment. If you want to worship God, one word, live holy. It's not hard. Nobody don't say nothing. I don't have nobody going to say nothing to me. I heard folk on TV say, y'all don't hear me. Ain't nobody talking to me. I said, if you're going to worship God today, you got to do one word. I ought to have some folks. You, you know what I'm talking about. Stand up on your feet. You know what I'm talking about. If you know what I'm talking about, stand up on your feet. That's the only way you're going to worship the God today. God the Spirit, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Living a holy life is what God wants today. Be holy, for I'm holy. Without holiness, no man going to see the Lord. That's what God wants. Can somebody clap their hands? Give the Lord a great big hand. I want to talk to my audience. We are closing out our nine o'clock service here, but I want to say something to you. If by any chance that you're serious about the word of God, you have not tuned in by mistake. I want to say something to you. If you're really serious about learning the Bible, the Word of God, without corruption, without religion, tradition of men, without all this stuff, you have turned to the right channel. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 1. The Apostle Paul said this to the Corinthian church, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, 
If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. He was buried, he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. Listen, Christ already died, already been buried, already raised again from the dead. You can receive him into your heart right now. The gospel has been preached to you and the door of faith has been opened unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 